This is Dr. Jonathan Hansen, and I want to welcome you once again to the Warning Radio Program. Special guest and a friend of mine, Pastor Joe Kirkwood from Cornerstone Outreach Ministries, Amarillo, Texas. Joe, welcome back. Thank you to have me back a number of weeks now. So Yes, yes. Well, that's because you have something to say and you have testimonies. I've always said, <laughs> you know, Joe, I wouldn't go to a church if there wasn't testimonies. We don't need to go Amen. just to hear people read the Bible. I mean, we can read the Bible. I can read the Bible. Mm-hmm. But I want yeah. testimonies. I want that pastor that I sit under, that he's moving with the Holy Spirit, that he, he's doing what God commanded him to do. I mean, that's yeah. the type of pastor I want to sit under. <laughs> spirit-filled, spirit-led, <laughs> those are important. That's right. I mean, uh, he could truly meet my needs if I'm in trouble. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, so anyway, Amen. Joe, you, you and I own each other for a long time. I visited you several times over the years in your church, and, and we were just together in Oklahoma City with the Independent Assemblies, and, and then we've done some programs recently on my warning radio program. But I never, never get tired of listening to testimonies of miracles. I've done some recently with the assistant A.A. A. Allen, and I never, never get tired of miracles. Nobody does. That's a yeah. follower. I don't believe any true follower of Jesus Christ gets tired of miracles. And Amen. so, Joe, I know that you see miracles. I mean, you know, you're one of those pastors that actually moves with what Jesus said, the Holy Spirit, Pentecost. And so I want you to tell some testimonies recently that you've seen in your church or, or wherever you've yes. gone. Amen. Well, there's just so many things. Uh, but last week, of course, we weren't on last week, but I was in uh, Houston with Joan Hunter, okay, Tony Camp, Gene Bailey, Francis Miles. We were all there. I spoke the Friday morning session. It was a breakthrough conference. And of course, we saw a lot of miracles happen there. But the ones I want to relate to you with the time that we have would be ones happened here in Amarillo. Okay. On Friday, we do a food giveaway. We feed the poor, the needy. We give them grocery carts full of food to take home and so they can cook and prepare with their family. And uh, we have a service for these people. Many of them are lost. Many of them don't know the Lord. So we see a number of miracles that happen each Friday and people come to Christ. And so, matter of fact, after these miracles happened, I gave an invitation to receive Christ. And I think about 12 people raised their hand and wanted to receive Christ. So we led them in a prayer to receive Christ as a result of seeing miracles. I really didn't get to uh, get into the preaching. It's just a one-hour service on Fridays. But there was numerous words of knowledge that came forth. But uh, there was a lady that responded to the word of knowledge about being pain. She came up, she was having pain in her knees, I believe is why she came up, but she had had three operations. They'd put steel rods and pins in her back and it had left her in constant pain. She'd been on constant pain for years, pain medication. She couldn't move, she was stiff. Just walking to the front took her some time. This lady was in her 60s, I'm gonna say, and she just could shuffle her feet because she, the steel rods don't allow you to flex or bend or move much. And so she just kind of shuffled her feet, came to the front, and uh, we began praying for her and shared with her a testimony of someone that we'd prayed for that the steel actually vanished out of their body and God gave them 
brand new knee joint and they had had steel pins in the knee previously and they vanished off x-ray and they had a new knee and so i was sharing that with her and then we went on to pray with her after we prayed i just said well you know see what you can do well the cellular memory that we have our cells hold memory of pain suffering when a person starts to move after they've been in pain a while they're very hesitant so she was very hesitant to start to move and i said just move and do what you couldn't do so she reached over and uh, grabbed a hold of me to steady herself so she starts you know moving picking up her legs and stuff and within seconds just a shocked look came on her face you can actually watch the miracle happen on our uh, our website mycornerstoneministries.org and go to the archive services and you'll, you'll see it happen but she just looked shocked on her face and so she starts moving more and then she uh I said, well, you, you have steel rods in your back, but I said, you know, maybe God's removed them. Just, just bend over, try that. And she's kind of looked a little surprised that I've asked, but she started bending over and she started down and there was no pain, no discomfort. So she goes all the way down and touches her toes. Well, if you know, people who have had steel rods put in their back, that's just pretty much impossible to have bent that far because those rods don't bend. Right. And her back was arched and flexed over, so she touches her toes. And then she raises herself up, her own strength. And I said, you feeling any pain? Or any? She said, a little stiffness, but I'm not in pain. And she said, I've been in constant pain for years. So I said, well, here, just walk with me. So we started walking. And, and I said, just start saying thank you, Jesus, because I, I find that when people say thank you, Jesus, for my healing, just that heart of gratefulness just brings forth healings. And so she just began saying that what I told her, thank you, Jesus. And as we were walking, all of a sudden she realized, I am walking. I am not hurting. So we started walking faster. Well, now she, it was very clear to everybody. She couldn't do that. She was holding on to someone. She shuffled her feet, took her a while to get to the front. But she starts walking back and forth. All of a sudden, she stops, grabs my elbow, and she goes into a squat position where her knees were bent at a 90-degree angle. She was just balancing with my elbow, but she took herself down and brought herself back up, and then she did it again. Wow. She just said, she said, I'm stunned. I just can't even imagine. I cannot believe that I'm doing this, and I don't have any pain, and she just big tears coming down her face. And so then we took off, we started walking faster, kind of trotting. And, you know, I mean, the whole place was ecstatic. And there were a lot of non-believers, you know, watching this. It was a sign to them because they had seen her condition. So she was healed. Then there was another woman. I had a word of knowledge. I said, there's someone here. and You have a problem with the jaw. The jaw, when you eat, is popping out of position. It's slipping back and forth. A lady raised her hand. She came up. And when she came up, I said, well, tell me about your condition. Well, she grabbed both my hands and put them on the sides of her cheeks, you know, right right underneath the ears where your joint is in the jaw. And she said, now feel that. And so she opens and closes her mouth. Well, her jaw pops sideways out of socket. I don't think I'm exaggerating where it was almost a half inch out of place when she would open her mouth. In fact, I took my hand off and I said, folks, can y'all see this? Because when it would pop sideways, it would put a big bulge right under her ear 
on one side and the other side would kind of be sunken in. So the jaw was going one direction on both sides. One was going inside and the other was popping to the outside toward the ear. She just kept opening and closing her mouth. And I said, my goodness, I said, I see exactly what's going on. I said, well, let's pray. We prayed and just rebuked that. Ask God to just totally give her a creative miracle because it was going to take a creative miracle. That joint of the jaw was worn out, and that's why it had a place on it. They caused it to pop out of position. She said eating was painful. We prayed for her, and I said, now, the whole time I'm praying, she's opening and closing her mouth, and I can feel it. It's popping out. And I stopped, and I said, now, just say thank you, Jesus. Just thank Lord Jesus, I thank you for healing my jaw, giving me a new jaw. She did that, and I said, okay, now try it. Well, when she moved the jaw, it didn't pop out. Wow. It was totally healed instantly with just that short little prayer, and she's moving it. And I said, of course, I felt it immediately because every time she opened her jaw, it would pop out. So immediately, it didn't pop out. And so about the second time, she looked at me and she said, oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I said, folks, I said, I wish you all could feel what I'm feeling here because her jaw is completely healed. I took my hand off. I said, now that place y'all saw popping out, I said, look, you don't see that happening. She started testifying to them about what was going on. And so she said, I'm going to go eat something crunchy and try out my new jaw. (laughs) And so that was all on uh, the Friday. Well, I I say this Friday. So it was the Friday before because I was in Houston this past Friday. So it was the Friday before. So God just healed, and there were numerous other people that got new knees that were in pain. The knee began to function perfectly. It was just a wonderful, wonderful day. Uh, There there were a lot of other people healed of, you know, pains and things like that. But those were the creative miracles that we witnessed happening. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Warning Radio program. I have Pastor Joe Kirkwood. He pastors Cornerstone Outreach Ministries in Amarillo, Texas. I tell you, if you're near that area and you're looking for a church, why don't you stop by? I told him, I mentioned it on the air, I would want to be under a pastor, attend a church that actually moves as the Spirit of God states in the Bible we are supposed to move with signs following. The Bible says that we can be healed, we will be healed, and to lay hands on the sick. It talks about casting out demons. I'll tell you what, check out Cornerstone Outreach Ministries, Amarillo, Texas. This is common for Pastor Joe Kirkwood. I mean, it's just what he sees and what he expects to see. Now, Joe, you also were in Houston. Did you see some exciting things there? Well, the Breakthrough Conference was one of the most powerful conferences uh, there at Joan Hunter Ministries. And uh, after we ministered uh, in all the services, people would just line up. And we prayed for people, and every single person, every single person we prayed for was healed. Wow. And it was, it was all kinds of various stuff. So after we ministered, each of the speakers would just stay in the altar, and sometimes we would help each other. But uh, my wife and I were there, so we each prayed. And I don't know, we had about 40 people that came up, and we prayed for about 40 people. And uh, I, I 
don't know about those in her line, but she didn't say anybody wasn't healed that wasn't healed. But pretty much if it had to do with healing, everybody in the line I was praying for was instantly healed. And the symptoms uh, went away. There was an interesting thing. There was a young boy who was in the healing line. And when I got to him, I said, I said, well, young man, uh, what do you want God to do? He's, he's probably 13 years of age. And he just looked at me and he said, I want to, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> wow. And uh, so that excited me. So I prayed for him to receive his heavenly language and uh, immediately prayed for him. And he started speaking in tongues and just got very fluent in, in speaking in tongues. And it just transformed that young man's life. It was great. Now, I tell you who was here on, um, let's see, I guess this was on Monday because they were they were with you the first time I think I was on the radio with you they were in your studio okay and that's Dennis and Mara Moore oh, oh yeah Dennis and Maria Moore I just received a phone call and they said they were traveling down interstate 40 and wanted to stop by and meet me so I spent several hours with them and then they asked me to lay hands on them and pray for the healing anointing upon them so here in the office that's what we did we pray God's using them in a wonderful way around the world, but they really desire moving into the gifts of healing and stuff. So we laid hands on them and prayed for them. So it was a joy having them as well. Well, that's wonderful. I know, yeah, he was with me for uh, a number of days and uh, did different programs. And uh, yeah, I had him join me right on this program I did with you. So I- I'm glad that uh, you guys got able to fellowship together as as you know they live in the dallas area yeah they were they were headed back uh, they're about uh, he said a five-hour drive from here so they were they were headed back up that way yeah god's been good we just having phenomenal sunday it was uh, not healing but it was uh, the the prophetic i mean it was people were receiving prophetic words in fact the one the couple that uh, the couple, I think I've, I might have told this story about him dying in 2019 in the church service. That couple received a prophetic word that was incredible. And his name is Melvin. And he he died during a revival meeting here at the church. Wow. In t- 2019. Have I told you that story or don't well, know if I've told you that? Well, why don't you, uh, there's listeners that are just tuned in right now. Go ahead and tell okay. that story. Okay. In 2019, we had gone into some uh, extended revival meetings. There was a lady evangelist that was with us, Lisa Elliott. And uh, on Monday night of that week, she was preaching along, and she stopped and pointed to me on the front row and said, Pastor, I just heard the Lord say, you're going to raise the dead. And I said, well, sister, I've had it happen twice already. She said, well, it's going to happen again. Well, my wife, about a week before, said she had got a word from the Lord that that I was going to raise more people from the dead. And and I said, well, I've, you know, I've had that. She said, no, I'm talking it's like a dozen people. She said, there's going to be quite a few more people. I said, well, okay, praise God. So when this lady said that, my wife looked over at me and she said, I told you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so 
I'm thinking uh, it's going to happen later in the week because on Wednesday, I was flying to Uganda to hold a crusade in Uganda. So I was even going to have to step out of the revival meeting because it had gone longer than we had, a week longer than we had anticipated. But I had encouraged, I said, you guys just carry on without me. I'll go on to Uganda. You keep having revival. So anyway, Tuesday night, we get there Tuesday night, and our drummer can't make it, so I, I'm playing drums. So I'm on the drums, and we're into uh, the end of the first song, and one of the young people came up to me and said, Pastor, you're, you're needed at the back. And so, I, of course, I'm playing drums, and you know, if the drummer stops, it's going to stop everybody. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and I thought, well, this would be a total interruption you know, to the worship. So I... Uh, I looked to the back to see what what were they talking about, and I could see a group of people standing at the back. But I thought, well, you know, I don't know what what that is. But because it was one of the young people that I really didn't know what to think of what they were saying, I just kept playing. And so I played into the second song, and but I had my eye back there like, what is going on? And uh, all of a sudden, I saw someone turn around, and I recognized them be one of the staff members. Wow. And they turned around and looked straight at me, and they waved at me that I needed to come immediately. And so I stopped playing drums. Well, it brought the worship to a halt. I headed down the aisle. Well, when I got to the back and people stepped back, to my shock, there was Melvin. He was our singles pastor. And Melvin had fallen over. Uh, onto a table that there was only one table at the back, but he just fell over as if, of course, first I thought somebody must have picked him up and laid him on the table. I later found out he just fell over and landed right on the table. Wow. And so, which wasn't good because now he's, you know, waist high, but there he was laying on this table and he was totally blue. His heart had stopped beating and he, he was dead before he hit the table from what they said but he was blue Uh, a girl was there she was the daughter of one of our church faithful church members in fact her her mother runs our singles or or our women's ministry and she was significant that she was there because she is a trauma nurse she flies on the helicopter going to all the accidents and, and she specializes in resuscitation and all that kind of stuff and she was already there working on him. So I said, well, is there anybody doing mouth-to-mouth? She was doing chest compressions. She said, no. And I said, well, I'll, I'll do mouth-to-mouth. So I, you know, opened Melvin's mouth. And so I was, you know, using mouth-to-mouth because we didn't have the equipment, didn't have a bag to bag him or anything at that point. They told me the ambulance had been called, but they said the ambulance, it was a night they were having uh, thunderstorms. And so... 911 said the ambulance is going to be delayed. They're all out on accidents and wrecks. and and uh, But the fire department is on the way and the police. So within just a few minutes, a police officer showed up and he said, well, it looks like y'all kind of got it. And I said, well, do you have any equipment with you? He said, well, I, ha- I have a defibrillator. I said, well, perfect. Bring the defibrillator. So he goes out and gets the defibrillator and he starts trying to hook it up. And he got so nervous that he got the uh, the electrodes, the, the sticky on the electrodes, he got them stuck to himself. <laughs> wow. So so we had to pull them off of him. And so I, I reached up and grabbed Melvin's shirt and just 
jerked, you know, and popped all the buttons off so we could get to his chest. And, and we took the defibrillator away from the officer because he was too uh, shook up. Sure. So she and I put uh, uh, the electrodes on him with, you know, my medical training, her medical training. And so we, we got him hooked up and we shocked his heart. And, of course, when we did, he, he, he you know, lifted right off the table and still no heartbeat, no nothing. And so we did chest compressions for a few minutes and then we set up to shock his heart again. And we did that. We shocked the heart again and, and uh, continued with CPR, mouth to mouth and chest compressions. And she was getting tired. So I switched to doing chest compressions. And uh, as I was doing chest compressions, I, I felt one of the, one of the rib bones break. I broke, broke one of his, his ribs. Okay. Uh, which a lot of times, if you go through the training, a lot of times they say if you're not breaking a rib, you might not be compressing hard enough to get the heart pumping. Yes. But we still, we we don't have anything. And by then, the uh, the, the fire department arrives. They have more equipment. We got him hooked to an EKG machine, and we're, you know, of course, he's flatlined. I asked him, I said, because I was still doing mouth-to-mouth, and I said, don't you have a bag? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, we got a bag. Even they seemed to be a little bit confused, but we got a bag so we could begin to bag him, and uh, they got him hooked up. And so once they were there, I kind of stepped back out of the way because they had, you know, four or five people with them, and they had uh, equipment. So they were given injections and stuff, and, and uh, so they got all hooked up. Well, then finally, it was 20, 30 minutes, the ambulance showed up, and they had some better meds to, you know, uh, epinephrine, some stuff like that to get the heart going. They gave those injections, and uh, again, his heart was shocked. They were working, and so I, I just stepped back, and my wife was going around just trying to keep, you know, get everybody to pray. But some people, some people that love Melvin, they were, they were in shock, and they were, they were crying. The the lady that was um, our evangelist the week, she went over and sat down. She was in total shock. In fact, she thought, well, this will end the revival. She had forgot about the prophecy, as did I. But she was kind of undone by the thing. So some people were discouraged in doubt, and other people were, you know, praying. But finally, uh, they turned around, and they uh, the girl turned at me, and she looked at me, and she shook her head, and she said, uh, "She said, Pastor, we, we have to call code. He, he's gone. And so I knew, you know, everything in the natural had been done. And so I just uh, stepped back away from the chaos of the moment, moved back about 15 feet, and I just closed my eyes. And I said, Lord, what do you want me to do? Just, just stepped into that bubble. And I, I believe it's essential for miracles. We have to hear the voice of God. And and so I just tuned into the Lord, and then I heard the Lord say clearly what to do. He said, uh, breathe into him and command life into him. Well, I'd already done that. But it's like the disciples that were fishing, and Jesus showed up. They'd been fishing all night. And then Jesus said, well, cast the net on the other side. They started to argue with him a little bit, and then they said, nevertheless, at your word, we'll do it. And when they responded to the word of the Lord in obedience, of course, they threw their nets on the other side. Immediately, the nets were filled to the point of breaking. They had to call for help. So uh, when the Lord said that to me, I thought, well, okay, you know, at your word, Lord. So I just asked everybody to step back. And I said, I said, just guys, just give me a minute here. 
which they were willing to do because they had already done everything in the natural that could be done. And so they stepped back. And so I walked up and I, I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command life into Melvin Harbor's body. And, and, and when the thing started, I said, Lord, I know if Melvin gets through to heaven, he sees worship in heaven. He won't want to come back here. So I just, at the very beginning, when I first got back there, I just said, in the name of Jesus, I just seal up the heavens not to allow his spirit to go through. And I just felt to do that. So I, that's what I did. As a result, Melvin said he didn't have any heavenly out-of-body experience. <laughs> like he, he, he said I kind of robbed him from that, jokingly, of course. Well, it's true, but, though. Um, it is true. Yeah, Once they true. go to heaven, they don't want to come back. That's right. That's right. And that's what I felt. So I did exactly what the Lord said. I asked everybody to step back, and I commanded in the name of you. I command life into Melvin Harvard's body, and I said, Melvin, your spirit, you get back in this body in Jesus' name. And I leaned over, opened his mouth, and, and once again, I did what would be like CPR. I breathed one breath into his mouth. And as I started raising up from being bent over doing that, as I started raising up, Melvin came back to life. Praise God. Praise God. Opened, Praise his, God. opened his eyes, his heart rate. Uh, he went from blue to pink. Uh, the paramedics went scrambling, you know, like, oh, 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 he's back, you know, after they'd called, called code and everything. So they started loading him up and everything. Funny to say that the officer that was so nervous that he couldn't put the, he got the electrode stuck to himself. Uh, he got, he got a life-saving award from the city of Amarillo for that. <laughs> oh my, 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 my. Okay, <laughs> and I later, I later ran into him at a restaurant, and he told me that. He said, "Well, you and I know that I didn't do anything." And I said, "Well, I'm happy that you got an award. Maybe there was a promotion in it for you, or whatever." <laughs> so I, di I didn't begrudge him of it at all, but it was totally God and nothing else. Well, and, uh, praise and, the Lord. And so Melvin Harbor is with us today. He works in our food warehouse, and uh, it was an absolute miracle of God. And uh, these are the things that we we have happening here. So Melvin was the third one that's come back from the dead. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Pastor Joe Kirkwood, Cornerstone Outreach Ministries, Amarillo, Texas. I know some of you listening to this, you're in that area, go to the church. Go to his church. There's a lot of people out there that need a miracle. Remember, we serve of God of miracles. We serve a God of miracles. Look to him. Expect your miracle. Touch him in the name of Jesus. Father God, touch people. Let them know that you're alive, that miracles happen today. You know, I'm going to have somebody in our service this week who's going to talk about seeing heaven. And like we said, like you said, they don't want to come back. They do mm -hmm. not want to come back. Again, we serve a living God. Heaven is real, ladies and gentlemen. My phone number is 360-629-5248. And again, guest today, Pastor Joe Kirkwood, Cornerstone Outreach Ministries, Amarillo, Texas. God bless you. <laughs> 